This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Is it ever too late for a fresh start? After 12 years together, a comical twist of fate forces married couple Oscar and June to decide whether they should take their second chance together. Forever, a new Amazon Prime Video original comedy series starring SNL alumni Maya Rudolph and Fred Armisen and from executive producers Alan Yang and Matt Hubbard starts streaming September 14th only on Amazon Prime Video. Hi, welcome to Remote Controlled, Variety's TV podcast. I'm Deborah Birnbaum. Every week, we'll bring you conversations with some of the best and brightest in television, working behind and in front of the camera. On today's episode, we're talking with Jane Fonda and filmmaker Susan Lacey about their new documentary for HBO, Jane Fonda and Five Acts. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Deborah Birnbaum, and it's my pleasure to be here with Jane Fonda and Susan Lacey. Nice to see you, Deborah. Nice to be here. Congratulations on the documentary. It's really fantastic. I'm glad you think so. What made you decide to do it? What, what made Jane a great subject for this? Sort of you an obvious have, you question. You really have to ask that. No, I don't. <laughs> uh, I mean, I've been an admirer of Jane's my whole life, uh, even though I'm not that much younger. But I was, uh, I was involved in the anti-war movement, so she was a hero to me. Uh, and I love her movies. And I read her book, and I became fascinated with her story. And 15 years later... And Jane, why did you agree to do it? I felt I was in the best hands possible. Um, At the time, there were three other people that wanted to do documentaries about me. And when Susan asked me to do one for HBO, um, I thought, this is is right. I trust Susan. She's an extremely... uh, great documentary filmmaker and I love HBO so it made sense for me I actually call them portraits mm-hmm. more than documentaries I think that's fair uh, and that's what I try to do I try to make a film portrait and that gets to the heart in some way of uh, the person I'm making a film about that's why they're all very different because mm-hmm. everybody's core story is totally different so they're different in style uh, and they're different in emphasis uh, but that's why I call them portraits. This well, one is good to know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, how do you feel about your portrait? <laughs> yes, it's, I, I it, you know, it's very hard for me to look at it and be objective. But the feedback that I'm getting from other people is that it's, it's very powerful. And what's most important for me is that people tell me it makes them think about their own lives, and. Um, that was my intention in writing my, my memoir, and I was hoping that would do the same with the, doc, the portrait, and I hope that it has. You know, I talk about a lot of things that are universal, and I think it does make people think. And also a lot of things that are very personal, but I think that everyone can relate to in that That's universal I mean. way. Yeah. Were there any ground rules, no holds barred, everything no was holes. Pretty- None. I mean, none. Jane is the 
Now I'm thinking maybe I should have put a few illustrations <laughs> <laughs> on. Actually, I'm going to tell you the truth. I've never had that with any subject I've ever made. I've made a film about a subject. I, any person I've ever made a film about uh, has never once said, this is one place I won't go. You know, uh, I'm sensitive, though. I'm as sensitive to the things that I think the person I'm making a film about is going to be sensitive to. So I, I try to... You know, I'm, I'm not in a gotcha kind of situation in these films. I'm really interested in getting to the heart of who this person is. And uh, it's not a mistake. It's very purposeful that the opening of the film, the end of the opening of the film, is Jane as a little girl. And the end of the film is Jane as a little girl. And that's not that Jane is a little girl. But I think the heart of Jane's story stems from her childhood. I do. That's Everybody's what, does. Absolutely. Yeah. So yours, about what but yours more than other people. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there was, a, there was a little girl blue aspect to this that, I, that touched me enormously. And, you know, the other thing is that whoever the filmmaker is brings their own stuff to this, too, their own issues, their own uh, priorities, their own uh, what they relate to in the story. I related to so much of Jane's story. We haven't talked about that. But <laughs> what no, in particular did you relate no, to? No, 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 no. That's just, that's, uh, just <laughs> it's another <I>. podcast. <laughs> but you know, I think especially for women, when you get older, when you're in your last the third of your life, the last part, um, you can sometimes circle back to the child you were and know her for the first time. Yes. And and I think that's kind of what Susan did with, with this portrait. Was there something that surprised you particularly when you looked back on your childhood through her eyes? Well, you know, because I had spent five years researching and writing my memoir, um, the biggest, you know, I, I kind of, I, I knew I was, it wasn't, it wasn't n new to me. What surprised me was, and I thought was really interesting, was her dividing it into five acts, the first four being the men who defined me during those first four acts, and then the fifth one is called Jane, when I begin to come into my own. And the big surprise for me was how she started it, which just, <laughs> I, it's, it took me by surprise, and I laughed, and I thought it was a really, really smart, clever way to start. So talk about that opening, why did you decide to start with that? Uh, I wanted, first of all... Oh, we should explain what it is. I, I opened with the, with the Nixon's voice on tape saying, what's the matter with Jane Fonda? <laughs> what are we going to do about it? She's got a pretty face and she's a good actress, but boy, I feel sorry for Henry. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and I did that on purpose. Um, first of all, I was fascinated with it and I was happy we had it. But mainly, I wanted to signal. I did not want to. I wanted to signal from the very beginning that this was not going to be a traditional portrait of a movie star. Um, and Jane is a great movie star, a great actress, but I don't think that's the heart of her story. So. And what about the decision to break it out into that five-act structure? You know, that came to me very easily uh, because um, even though Jane does not divide her book in that way, uh, her book makes it clear that. Her life was, first of all, there is the, the, the big, huge shadow of Henry and, uh, over, over this whole story in many ways. And then three incredibly different husbands for whom Jane 
became sort of a different person with each of those husbands, which she talks about. Mm -hmm. uh, and then James Jane. So it wasn't, I mean, I didn't, it was very clear to me that that was the way I wanted to do this, this film. So uh, I can't say that I angsted over it. It was very clear from the beginning that's what I wanted to do. It sort of then becomes an empowering statement to then see the fifth act be you and you really come into your own. How did that feel for you? It's the truth, you know. When the film was shown at Cannes and that title came up, Jane, everybody burst into applause. <laughs> I mean, they were with <laughs> You were there for that because no. you had gone off to have dinner. But uh, it was, it was, I, I was very gratifying to me that the film had had that power that when Jane came up, everybody in the audience just applauded. You know, they were applauding you. For, for, for getting there. You know, the other thing is that none of, it's not, each of these, and Jane will say this much more powerfully than I, but each of these chapters in her life had a great deal to do with who Jane became. I mean, it isn't like they were, you know, dismissed. Jane grew with each one, learned from each one. It was one. all a work in progress. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I came to be myself, kind of to be authentic, authentically me late in life but given that we're living much longer these days a whole, a whole adult lifetime more than our grandparents and great grandparents had it's not so bad to be a late bloomer yeah <laughs> it seems to be working out for you it is yeah I'm lucky did you learn anything about yourself by watching the film no because I studied it all like it was somebody else that I was studying in order to figure out I really I did the studying for myself because I wanted to be sure that that I lived the last third of my life um, when I was single and Jane um, the way I needed to so that when I die I won't go out with a lot of regrets and and I realized when I was approaching my 60th birthday which was the beginning of my third act that in order to do that in order to know where I had to go with the third act, I had to know where I'd been in the first two. You know, God forbid I'd, I'd be like Columbus, who didn't know where I was going when I left, didn't know where I was when I got there, and didn't know where I'd been when I got back. I had to know that, and that's what motivated me to write my memoir. And um, so, no, it, nothing surprised me, because I'd been there already. And I think the... Uh, I'm always surprised that people don't ask more about your mother. Because uh, to me, one of the big keys in this film and one of the great scenes in it is Jane visiting her mother's grave. My um, mother killed herself when I was five, mm -hmm. and I oh, never really like, knew her very well. No, I was eight. I was seven. I was, well, I was 12. <laughs> uh, I think you're 11. I was 12. Okay. Yes, I was 12 when Mom killed herself. And uh, so, you know, I spent a good part of the my third act, figuring out who she was, and uh, I had never been to her grave before. And it, was it was a very emotional scene. It was very emotional for me, too. It's uh, very emotional. It was emotional to cut it together. And I cried a lot. Jane and I cried a few times in interviews, Yeah, particularly talking about her mother. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a, a really big key, and, 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 a, and a message to many people. Not a message, it's not a message film, but that forgiveness is liberating, and uh, I think that's a big, a big takeaway from this movie. And also, 
trying to understand the meaning of your life, why certain things happened, why your parents did what they did, why they treated you the way they did, why their parents treated them that way, allows you to understand your life and yourself in a new way, and you can forgive other people and yourself. <coughs> change, <coughs> change the way you go forward. It feels like you came to some forgiveness about your father as well through the course of making this. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that happened really during the cool. making of On Golden Pond. Yeah. And but you know you're very honest about your, you know the conflicts and the relationship with him. Um, you know how did it feel to be so intimate? Well, my attitude is why make a portrait? Why allow a portrait of yourself to be made? Or why write a memoir unless you're going to tell the real story? I mean. It's not arbitrary. You don't tell everything because some things, why? But tell the things, warts and all, that are going to help people understand why one has a particular kind of life because chances are they'll be able to identify with it. And I think that, you know, that reflects, too, your discussion about your own children and your relationship with your daughter. You know, you're very open and honest about the state of it and where it is. And the fact that she didn't, she wasn't in the documentary. She didn't want to be part of it. However, I showed it to her. What did she say? I, she lives in Vermont, and she came here, and we watched it together. And I was very nervous. I wanted her to feel okay about it, and okay about the way her father was portrayed, my first husband. And she really, really liked it very much. She was very complimentary about what Susan did and asked for a copy so she could show her children, my grandchildren, which made me very happy. Mm-hmm. What were your conversations with Vanessa? I didn't actually have them. She's not in the film. No, I mean, in terms of getting her to participate. Well, no. no well, I'm the one that asked her, and oh. it was no. Wow. <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> or my brother, for that matter. Yeah, I want to ask you about that. But, uh, um, I mean, I was disappointed, but then I thought, you know, the film makes it, I was worried about people asking that question, and then I thought, the film makes it pretty clear, yeah. I think, in a way, why she's not in this film. Sure. No. So, nobody's actually asked about it. Mm-mm. We're getting a um, <laughs> And then let's talk about your brother. You wanted to bring that up? No, no, no. It's just, Jane said he wasn't in the film either, and I thought it would be uh, important to have him in the film, and I, I don't think the film was weakened by him not being in it. I do think it raises a question, but nobody's asked it. No. Interestingly enough, you know why? Because the story is so powerful. Because, you, know, you know, you talk about him. You didn't do a movie together, the two of you. Yeah, you and he's writing together. a book also, and so he didn't want to give away anything that he might be writing about. And, you know. and it's interesting, too, because I feel like I have this conversation with my sister a lot. We have very different memories of the same events, mm-hmm. and so it's always interesting oh, to get... I mean, yes. it's like we were living... It's Rashomon. like Rashomon. It's complete Rashomon. Right. When, I was in, <laughs> when I was in therapy, my, my therapist made it very clear. Siblings in any family, they don't have the same parents. <laughs> <laughs> they have the same parents, but they don't have the same parents. You know? right. And that was very true of my brother and I. What do you think the biggest misconception is about you? I don't know. Or what? What do you think the people, you know, the public thinks of you, and you think this is going to change people's perception of you, the movie? I don't know. I'll find out when it comes out. <laughs> um, I've only had one interview where someone said, 
that the thing that surprised them was that the workout, I did the workout to get money for the political organization that my husband Tom Hayden and I ran. And, uh, but that was the only thing that he's, I don't know. I, I have Well, I was going to say that. What did you learn? Well, I have read the book, so I knew a lot of this, but the people that have talked to me about the film, that is one of the things that they are really, really impressed with, that, uh, that you did that for, for Tom. I know I didn't do it for Tom. You did it for the organization. I did it for the organization. But that you say I in the film I did it for Tom. Tom. But, um, I do. but you did it for, you know, you were in a marriage and there's something you could do and the organization and, and it was a lot of money. I, uh, a huge amount of money, which I tried to kind of hint at with the milk, with that it was on the bestseller list forever and, uh, and that it sold 17, 17 million copies. Amazing. Just add that up and you can kind of come to the conclusion, you know, you kind of figure out it's a lot of money. I can do a little bit of math. <laughs> and, uh, it's very entrepreneurial. It was selfless. I mean, totally One selfless. of my favorite parts is, the, is Tom in the movie, Tom Hayden, and what he says, you know, he said things that he didn't <laughs> ever say to me. I felt when I did that interview, which was the last interview he, he, made, he gave mm. in his life, that he was talking to Jane. Really? Yeah. It moved me a lot. It moved me a lot, too. And I called Jane afterwards and I said, you're going to be quite touched by this. Um, well, he said things he hadn't, I think, hadn't said. He was, he was asking for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And do you forgive him? Oh, yeah. I was with him when he died. Yeah. Yeah, I was always friends. After getting over the anger, then we always became friends because you have to remember why you love them. (laughs) (laughs) That comes through in the scenes with Ted Turner when you go back to the ranch. Yeah. Very touching. Very touching. It's interesting to see the... You know that sort of chemistry, that conversation that sort of exists still existed between the two of you. Yeah, yeah. I find, uh, in addition to being surprised about about the workout type, because that's something people really don't know, is that people are very, very touched by this film and touched by your story, and and the emotionality of it, uh, I think, really gets to people. And I, I think if you hadn't read your book, I also think there's a huge difference between reading it, yeah, and you saying yeah. it. Um, uh, it's it's a much more effective, right? Uh, but that I think people don't necessarily think of you as being someone who's had so much to get through, you know, so much emotional conflict to, to arrive at a resolution of. And how about the controversy? Yeah. I mean, man, you did a good job getting all that B-roll, and and it just reminded me of what it was like to go through that. Yeah, and how hard. Oh my be. God! Yeah, what was it like to go through all of that? It was not easy. I had chunks of hair pulled out of my head, and wow. you know, walking with my children through the airport and having people holding signs that you know, feed me to the whales and <laughs> blah blah blah. It, you know, there's, it was, there's still a few, few movie theaters that won't show Jane Fonda movies. Really, really? Yeah, yeah that's what I was told. I didn't put it in the movie because I couldn't verify it, but people have told me that. Huh. I didn't know that. I thought it was actually particularly relevant now, too, given, you know, all of the conversation about politics and, you know, whether or not celebrities should be speaking out about politics. I mean, you were sort of at the forefront of all of this. Well, not really. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was all the people in the 50s. I mean, no, there's a, a long history of mm-hmm. artists sure. being at the forefront. I'm just part of a new wave. I was at the start of a new wave. But that you still are. And yeah, I'm still there. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's one of the important things. Yes. I went through that, I survived, and I'm still going. But when somebody asked you this morning, are you still in a state of pe- perpetual revolution, I didn't want to contradict you, but you are. 
You still well, are. I, but I, I wouldn't call it revolution, though. Well, it's a rev we, we're going to take to the streets pretty soon, and you're going to be <laughs> in the forefront. <laughs> I would call a revolution. I should probably be careful. Social no, change. no, it's fine. I mean, I, think I call it social change mm -hmm. now. But do you still feel like you have that platform that you want to speak out and talk about? You well, know, the even more because I got a hit TV series and a hit movie behind me. <laughs> <laughs> that really helps activism, I can tell you. Yeah. yeah, it does. People will sign your petition because you know, they love Grace and Frankie. <laughs> <laughs> and people do love Grace and Frankie. I do, I know. I Are know. you enjoying making it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel very blessed. It's an amazing show for this time. and Yes, it is. And, you know, the fact that Lily and I are so close. In fact, I'm, uh, we're going together to Michigan Day after tomorrow to canvas and urge people to vote and register. And we're fighting for one fair wage for, for tip workers. And so we're still out there on the streets and we're doing it together, which is really nice. I love that. That was another one of the moments I loved from the film was watching the two of you and the, the, the conversation between the two of you. I mean, it's, it almost felt like watching Grace and Frankie. <laughs> <laughs> How has that how has that friendship endured? How has it endured? It's endured. It's endured. Yeah, it just it just has. I think that we we really care for each other and we respect each other. And uh, Lily and her partner Jane, Jane is also they're two geniuses, and I I just feel so honored to know them. I I see them quite a lot, socially. Yeah. And did you enjoy watching them talk together? I mean, oh, I felt like those we were, moments I mean, were I precious. Had, I had my you should have seen what was cut out of that. There was a lot of really great stuff cut out. Well, it was a sh I can tell you about it. It was very funny. Um, she said, because, you know, the whole scene is about how she, I didn't know what they were going to do. They ad lib this <laughs> breakfast scene uh, about being cut out of Vanity Fair and Annie Leibovitz. So I want to get Annie Leibovitz on the phone. And I said, I have a phone number. So we actually called her. <laughs> and what she, happened? She, she answered. She, she was, was in Australia. Australia. And uh, Lily berated her for <laughs> not including so her. It was she hysterical. Says, uh, Annie, it's Lily. Ah. I'm, I'm <laughs> I in Australia. Whatever she was. And uh, she said, I just have to tell you, I'm very, very pissed off that I'm not on the cover of Vanity Fair, and I blame you. And Annie said, well, I didn't make those choices. How can I make it up to you? You know, it was very funny. Um, but she, then, of course, we had to tell her that this was, she's just being taped. <laughs> but uh, it wasn't in the film. Maybe it'll be on the DVD. <laughs> I don't think they make DVDs anymore. No, they don't kind of don't. I know, it's such an old school joke. Anything else that made the cutting room floor, that moments that stood out for you? I wish uh, that I'd had uh, more time to explore uh, Jane's relationship with her women friends uh, and just the way the, the life that the film took on um, it, it just just I had a whole big section and it just felt too long yeah. just felt too long yeah. but yeah. that's such an important part of Jane's present and uh, my survival yeah my survival yeah. I mean it is you do say it and it's alluded to but um, it's not as big a part as I would have liked it to be what do you want people to take away from it? Don't give up. It's never too late. Um, be brave, especially now. This is not a time for being timid. I have a couple of Catherine Hepburn stories I would have loved to have been in there. Sure. Uh, Jane does an amazing in, uh, impersonation of Catherine Hepburn. Can we hear it? 
no. <laughs> that was good. And, uh, and it, even I think they had a, you know, initially a kind of sparring relationship. There's some great stories about Catherine Hepburn. It was more about Catherine Hepburn uh, than it was about, about Jane. Uh, and uh, so it's another film. <laughs> That's right. Sequel? It's a film about, it's a film about, Jane, about Catherine Hepburn. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but she was uh, very supportive uh, in her own way of Jane on, on Golden Pond because it was an emotionally tough film to make. What was your relationship like with Catherine? Prickly. She was prickly. She, she was incredibly important to me in On Golden Pond. She was the quintessential elder taking me under her wing and making sure that she taught me things. But if I'm going to be honest about who she was, then I have to say I think it probably was so that after she passed, I would keep telling stories about her. <laughs> <laughs> Everything she did was very self-conscious. She planned that well. She was fascinating and made sure she was fascinating. But she was very difficult. If you could give advice to up-and-coming actors now, what would you tell them? Don't do it unless it's your passion. And if you're going to do it, learn how to drill very deep. Because the most important thing about this profession is that it is a profession based on empathy. Being a able to enter another person's life and understand their feeling and take them on, which is a, a, it's a blessing to be able to do that. But it's not worth a hill of beans unless you really go there. And that takes skill and technique and training. And so, you know, don't just sort of go for the surface, really drill down. And when you're looking at roles now, what makes you say yes to something? It's all the script, it's the words, it's... Are they, are they interesting multi-dimensional characters, whether it's a drama or a comedy? You know, Book Club was a comedy, but it, 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 it was about very real things. And it also was about the importance of women's friends, women as friends. So that was a movie I, I really wanted to do. Any final words? No, I love making this film. I love getting to know Jane. And I, love and I don't just say that because Jane's here. I really love getting to know Jane. And I love getting to know Susan, and I'm very grateful. Thank very you. much comes through. Thank Thanks you. again. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's show. We'll be back next time with another great episode. We'll be talking about the revival of Murphy Brown with star Candace Bergen and creator Diane English. And if you like the show, I'd appreciate it if you could rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Let us know, too, who you want to hear from. What stars and producers should we invite on the show? Email us at podcasts at variety.com. See you next time. Sometimes an eternity is just way too long. Forever, a new Amazon Prime Video original comedy series stars SNL alumni Fred Armisen and Maya Rudolph as Oscar and June, a married couple at a crossroads after 12 years together. He's happy with their simple life. She wants a life of adventure. After a comical twist of fate, the couple must learn to grow together or face growing apart. Watch Forever now, only on Amazon Prime Video. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.